Welcome to the podcast. This is a weekly podcast by Denver Transplants. We are the Andrews, and this is you aren't from here. Switched it up a little bit. Double Andrew, I just the the back to back Andrew Andrew. I felt it was a little much. So, uh, welcome to episode sixty seven. This week we're going to be focused on the Winter Olympics, with obviously Colorado being in the mountains. There are a tremendous amount of athletes that call home here or were grown up here or grew up here. Um, so we'll go into detail on the amount and how it compares to other states and then some of the big stories to follow as you watch the Olympics for Colorado. So get excited, get a little America, a U.S. spirit uh, yeah. and, some very, and some very controversial uh, Olympics. Yeah, definitely. To start it off, I think one of the coolest and most interesting stats we got is, so Colorado sends 23 Olympians to the Winter Games, although obviously there are a lot more who have trained here or come through the Colorado mountains at some point, but it's 23 of the 223. So about 10%. And that's more than 61 of the 91 countries. So if you just said Colorado, they would be a pretty formidable country at the winter Olympics. But I think we'll jump into some of the people and some of the key people to watch in the next couple of days of the games, but just thought, thought I'd start off with that, that cool little stat, get a little pride there. Yeah, no, it's some Colorado pride. I love it. So uh, this week, why don't we start it off with the, where did you go? Yeah, so this week I went to an Avs game. And one of the events, you know, obviously that's in the Winter Olympics, hockey, there's a couple, we're lucky enough in Denver to have a couple good teams. We both have both Avalanche and also the DU teams really good, D1 at the national level. Um, so the Avs actually this past Tuesday lost for the first time in almost a year at home. I've been lucky. I think it was a 15 game streak, game winning streak that they were on. Really, really doing really well at home. I think they're in first place in the West as well. Set up very well for the playoffs. Looking ahead, though, they have a couple more games in February. They play, I think, the Lightning. And then they also play the Stars. Uh, over the next couple of weeks in February. Tickets are usually around 40 or 50 bucks if you're up in the upper seats all the way down to 100 bucks a seat if you get down on the first level of the upper tier or down into the first uh, first levels. So actually somewhat reasonably priced relative to a Broncos game or whatnot. And obviously the abs are a lot better than the Rockies have been. But uh, Definitely something that's great to kind of go out, you know, seven o'clock game on Tuesday, eight o'clock game on Wednesday, get out, go to the Pepsi center or sorry, ball arena, go to ball arena, catch a game and, and see a team that's, that's top of the West. Uh, you went to a DU game, right? Sweat? Yeah. So I went uh, February 4th this past Friday to the university of Denver versus St. Cloud state and the, University of Denver is actually, I believe, is the number three team in the country, and St. Cloud State is like number seven. So it was a really, uh, it's a big game. They ended up winning eight to five, which is pretty big. Wow, high scoring. But yeah, so they went ended up winning eight to five in that game, and it was at the stadium down there, right off of Magnus Arena, which is right off of I twenty five in University. Uh, the cool part about it, I thought, was you know, tickets are 20 to $45 to just get in and every single seat in there 
is really good. Like you can, you're really close. So you can pretty much see everything. And then the other really cool part that I really enjoyed was it's, I mean, most kids in college are between the age of 18 and 22. So, and it's all men. So there's a lot of testosterone on the ice. And so there's a lot of, (laughs) there's a lot of checking. There's a lot of trash talk. Um, They can't actually hit each other. I don't think there's, they, I mean, is there fighting in college? No, they, they break it up really fast. So there's definitely like the, you know, little tussles after each play or each stoppage, but there's never really full on hits thrown. There was multiple times where somebody got hit into the bench, checked over the wall. Uh, there were legal hits. So it just makes it kind of feel like you're back in like kind of backyard hockey a little bit. But at the same time, these teams are really good. I mean, they're the number three team in the country. And it's it's kind of like for that school, it seems like it's more of like their basketball program for most larger schools. So highly recommend you go. If you've never been, it's really fun. It's really a short drive. And it's a good thing just to get out. Um, and see a game and you won't spend as much money. And I, I honestly think I had more fun at that game than I did the games that I've been to for the avalanche. Nice. What's, what's the price of a beer at the D game? I think beer was, I want to say six to, I think it was eight bucks. So it's still a little more, still more expensive, but I think NHL it's about 10 to 12. Um, oh, at least. Yeah. I think it was, you know, 13 or so it's for the tall can, but um, yeah, no, I, I like, honestly, I think, Taking anybody, if you like hockey or don't like hockey, I honestly would say go to the University of Denver game over an NHL game. Sweet. So rating wise, I mean, I don't know. It's probably my favorite sporting event I've been to in Denver. So I, I mean, I'm gonna give it an eight point seven. Strongly. Wow. Recommend. Yeah. Wow. Get down there. I mean, take if you want to go on a date or take go to friends. You can some college bars down there. They predominantly it looks like they play pretty much only on like Fridays and Saturdays at home. I mean, every single one on here is a weekend. There's no weekday games. So it's perfect to get a you know early dinner at, you know, say four or five and then go to a game at, you know, six or seven. Awesome. Wear some red and beige. What, what are their colors? I can't really remember, but go. I think it's the Pioneer. So, but they all say go POs. So go POs. So go POs. Get out there. Have some fun. So awesome. uh, leading on. What did you try this week? Um, I guess this is another Andrew special, Andrew Swatnam special. Uh, I, I don't know if anybody knows, but I've been trying to search for this kind of like my finding the best pastrami sandwich. It's also finding the best ramen in Denver. And so this week I went to Kiyu Ramen, which is over off of Colfax, right over by the Capitol and Cap Hill area. The actual address is 600 East Colfax Avenue. <coughs> um, pretty good little spot. Uh, they have a bar up on top. The first, the the base floor, you're kind of right inside the kitchen there. And there's about, I think they could probably fit 20, maybe 25 people in there. And it's your pretty standard ramen place. Um, they got a 4.5 out of 5 on Google ratings in case you care about that. But so does Uncle Ramen, which is my favorite ramen. But so Kiyu Ramen, uh, I would say it does seem to be on the more reasonably priced places. So the ramen, the most expensive one is $13.95. And that's your Chashu Ramen. Um, and the cheapest one is $11.95, which is your curry ramen. <clears throat> and then their appetizers that are 
you know, kimchi all the way up to gyoza, go from 395 up to 695. So I would say on the price scale wise, it's pretty like low cost. And I would say the price per pound, I would say is really good. I mean, if you're, if you want like a quality, but you want a lower priced, I think this is your spot. If you're looking for the highest quality and don't really care about price, I think you're either going to uncle ramen or ramen star. And so those are my two places, but this place is a great atmosphere. They have a bar upstairs. I can't remember the name of the bar, but they were actually, it's kind of funny. They were throwing a bachelorette party upstairs and it wasn't for a specific girl. It was just a bachelorette party. So they had male strippers. You had to buy a theme. Yeah, it was just a theme. You had to buy a ticket in advance. All these girls came in in like sashes, you know, like bride to be and whatnot. And uh, (laughs) the strippers went upstairs and it sounded like they were having a pretty good time. That's fun. I guess everyone, then you're not just focused on one person, right? Like a bachelorette, bachelor party. It's just one person. But if everyone's the bachelorette, then everyone wins. Yeah, that's a lot of it. That's a lot of attention. That's cool. Um, so so the, on, on the website, so it says Denver's most at home ramen restaurant. How do you, do you think, did you feel at home when you were there? What, what I would how say, would you, how would you kind of uh, square that? Yeah, I, would, I honestly would say it's like pretty accurate. I mean, you walk in, Homey there, vibe. there is a couch. I mean, they just have like a, a what you would have like probably senior year, just like felt couch is that's like their seating area for waiting for a table. And then the tables are pretty simple tables and you're pretty much in the kitchen. So I think that's actually a really good way to explain it. Um, They do have drinks there and they do have happy hour, happy hour, Sunday through Thursday, 5 PM to 7 PM. And it looks like um, they have edamame for $3 kimchi for $3 vegetable egg rolls for $4 but it doesn't look like they actually have alcohol on their happy hour. So just be aware. And then one more thing. I think this is even better Monday through Friday from 11 AM to 2 PM. They have the ramen lunch special, which is $11 for one bowl of ramen and one soda. So that's even better. I mean, if you want to get a, a you know Friday lunch, maybe get the office to go try something new, drive over to Colfax and try it out. That is great. That is a great deal. Yeah. So, so rating rating wise, I think, you know, I'm not gonna ride home about this place. I think price per pound's really good. Um, but it's not my favorite ramen. So I think I would go like a six point seven. So good solid if you're in the area. But of all the Denver Denver places, there are better ones. Correct. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say is that you could probably make it a really fun night if you did dinner there. And then I think they have theme parties pretty often upstairs. And I apologize. I don't remember the name of the bar, but there's a bar that they run as well upstairs. And they uh, they have some like themed parties. So you could make it a night and do the both together. That is a pretty cool concept. Yeah. So get out there, try some more ramen. See if you agree with my rating. And if you agree with my rankings of the ramen, and yeah have a great time so for the main topic do you want to kick us off with a couple more fun facts on the olympics for colorado 
Yeah. So like I mentioned, we're the, one of the largest senders of people to the Olympics by state. The largest state is California. They sent 29 people to the Winter Olympics. Colorado, we're tied with Minnesota. We sent 23. Some of the interesting Coloradans who have already competed, some of the interesting Coloradans who have already competed, uh, there's a Silverthorne-born snowboarder who competed in the snowboard slope style, where they basically kind of build a bunch of jumps and then they send crazy, you know, 1080s and 1440s off of these jumps. Uh, his name's Red Gerard. He just qualified for the gold medal match, which I think should be coming up early here. Uh, another big one is Michaela Schifrin, who's out of Edwards, right near Vail. She's probably one of the best skiers of all time, if not the best. And yeah. definitely winning a couple more medals here will solidify that. But yeah, and it says... Story I mean, wins. yeah, she's big. I mean, she's got she's competing. She's competing in all five event individual events, and this is her third Olympics. And then they were going on to say that she's pretty much has the level of pressure that Simone Biles has had for the Summer Olympics, and had kind of a rough stretch. Her father passed in 2020. She had multiple injuries during the year, and then uh, Andrew was telling me that she actually had COVID around the time of Christmas and kind of that early January time. So I think she's she's had to face a lot of adversity of being a 26-year-old, but her yeah. first competition is actually on Monday, so it was yesterday, so you probably hopefully saw which, how she did or hopefully she went out there and won gold, as she seems to do pretty often. Another fun fact is Colorado, since the early 1990s, actually sent 97 uh, athletes to the Winter Olympics. And Colorado has hauled, in home, has hauled home the 11th most medals out of all the states. And, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that live in the Colorado Springs area just due to the Olympic Training Center. So I think there's a lot more people. It's, I'm not sure if they delineate if you're from Colorado or if you live in Colorado, how they do that. But I would imagine that definitely could have some impact on the numbers. Yeah. That, that's training center in the Springs is, is pretty cool too. They also have a really nice kind of history museum where you can see the history of the Olympics and a lot of the winter stuff. But I think we were talking about this earlier. What, what's your favorite event in the Olympics? What, what's the one that you're going to be watching most closely? Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it's going to be the snowboard cross. So I don't know if you guys have ever watched that, but it's basically like a kind of like a, a a racing course downhill that's decently narrow. And it's like four people that go at a time and they have jumps throughout. And so what they do is they have like semi runs and quarter runs and whoever wins those heats or top two goes to the next round. Um, and everybody's basically neck and neck next to each other racing. So it's kind of probably, I feel like the closest people compete on a racing level where you're actually like next to somebody and possibly going to run into them or knock them over. And those get like pretty, some of the wipeouts in the snowboard cross are pretty intense, right? Like you're kind of just hauling it over these hills and sometimes people go over your board or run into each other. Like I, I was watching some of the, the crashes earlier and it's just outrageous how you know, one race could basically just be everyone else gets wiped out and you stay on your board and you win. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's definitely how fast you are, but a lot of it I think is how much you can dodge people and make sure you don't get taken out. 
What about you? What's your favorite? I love the mogul skiing because I think it's one of the funnier events to watch because it's so far from what you, you see on a regular mountain when people are skiing moguls. I mean, A, the moguls are super manicured, which is probably a help for, for those competitors, but also the punishing beat down that their knees take on every single one is, is just crazy. And it requires a lot of, you know, stamina, you know, you, you see them get to the end they're just kind of huffing and puffing. Um, but also interestingly enough, it's like how close they keep their legs together. So you get, you're scored on a hundred points, 60 of the hundred points is your turning, which isn't actually really turning as we know it, or as we talked about, right. Carving. It's more just kind of bouncing off of these different moguls. So the closer you can keep your feet together, bouncing off the moguls, the more points you're going to get. So I, I always like that one. I think it's a funny one. I think there's a one or two skiers from Colorado, uh, Breck based mogul skier, Dylan, well, Sizzik, which I probably messed his name up, but someone to watch out for from Colorado making his Olympic debut. Uh, and I'll probably be watching him on the moguls. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and I think one last thing to mention is if you didn't see the news, Sean White is actually competing in his last Olympics. So he's probably one of the most recognized athletes in the winter Olympics, or at least in the X games. And they were actually saying that he spent his last few days at the Woodward facility at Copper mountain and just kind of noted that, you know, a lot of Olympic athletes train in Colorado, even if they're not from here. So get out there, watch some Olympics and cheer on your fellow Colorado natives. Or I guess yeah. for us, since we're not from here, it's our new native place. I don't know how what you would call that. Our new natives and everyone who has come and trained here. So every, I mean everyone. I bet you know you cheer for Team USA. A lot of them will probably come from Colorado. That's uh, a good point. You got a twenty. What was it? Twenty percent chance or ten percent? Ten percent chance. Yeah, but I bet I bet a lot more have have come through or trained here. I don't know the actual numbers on that, but yeah. So get out there short episode this week, but we're hoping to get back to interviews next week or the week after. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great week. And this week, luckily there's not too much snow and it's not going to be too cold. So it should be a good one. Peace.